Hello, Film Files. Welcome back. This is Movie Show Theater, of course. I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Stuart Randolph. I'm Benjamin Snowden, the first. And today should be fun for folks. We looked and searched into the far reaches of our minds to find some really, really bad movies. Bowel-wrenching. Bowel-wrenching. And I guess that's the thing, too. I... In my wonderful Canton, Illinois upbringing, town of 14,000, for those who don't know, one of my hobbies when I was like a preteen into teenage years was to try to find the worst movies at Family Video based well, on covers. the so, same as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah too. absolutely. So I think everybody here has a background in bad films, so you might say we're, we're almost experts in uh, trash. <laughs> we're, we're trash experts. <laughs> trash I think experts. you have a yep. t-shirt that says expert in trash. Trash yeah, and then, then yeah. there's a, a picture of um, a garbage bag with flies and the stink lines, of course. I like Always that. Always have to have the stink lines. Oh, of course. Got to have the stink So lines. basically, there's going to be a lot of intimate and emotional ties to today's episode. Lots of crying, probably. Pro- probably. <laughs> Nausea. We found Reefer Madness from 1936. We found Suburban Commando from 1991. And we found... <sighs> it's hard to say this with a straight face. <laughs> Battlefield Earth from the year 2000. You know, I thought that actually didn't come from a year, more like uh, the bowels of hell. <laughs> That's what I thought that one came from. Oh, it's bad. Oh. So with that being said, oh, let shit. the fun ensue. In a world where movies are everywhere, these heroes will make sense of some of the world's strongest films. Jimmy, Ben, and Stuart. This is... Movie Show Theater. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin because both, all three of these films. Now, okay, okay. You can make some excuse for Reefer Madness. It was a political film. It propaganda, was a propaganda film. It was an exploitation film, and and <laughs> you can you can make some excuse for that. Suburban Commando and Battlefield Earth, though <laughs> these steaming piles of shit. How did they get? Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, how yeah. did I watch them? That's well, the thing. I think the the only thing I can think of for. Suburban Commando, uh, it was directed by Burt Kennedy, and it was his last film. And the guy had to have been ancient by that time because he had directed movies forever. And the movie comes off, obviously it came out in 1991, but even in that time it seemed a little bit out of touch. Like It, it was, was way out of it was touch. Pretty much, it was pretty much like a, a gag reel mixed with uh, Hulk Hogan-related action sequences with uh, music and the opening obviously lifted from There's Star a 20 Wars. Minute, there is a 20-minute segment in there where it's nothing but one bad Hulk Hogan joke yeah. after another. I mean, the whole movie, the whole movie is like I mean, this. I sat there, and I'm, I'm looking at the screen, and my daughter walks in and goes, Dad, what are you watching? And I'm like... I don't know, baby. <laughs> I don't know. Turn your eyes away. Uh, Avert think, your gaze. I think this is the perfect time to drop a classic Lord of the Rings line. Fine. 
rules. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the worst parts is that I used to really like this movie. Oh, I saw it I probably thirty I mean, times when I was a kid. Yeah, of I course saw, I was I've never seen it. I had never yeah. seen it until you brought it up. I know the the outfit that Hulk Hogan was wearing because I saw that mm-hmm. at some point, and I think I saw that and went, "Oh hell no." There's no way I'm watching this. Yeah, I mean the the the, the substance of this movie is not a, a far departure from other Hulk Hogan movies. I mean, you know, Mister Nanny is as bad. Oh god! There was a three, I think, Three Ninjas Four. He yeah. was in. Well, I have to say, at least with this material, <coughs> they perfectly wrote the character, if you want to call that, for Hulk Hogan because he's pretty much just a big dumb. Oaf who freaks out about everything. So, I mean, I'm not judging him because, you know, steroids were so rampant in that era of wrestling. But it's like, hey, let's just play into a steroid rage and it'll make sense. And the kids will love it because there are skateboards and drag cars and outer space and lasers and aliens. Yeah. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Which, that, that still happens today. There are maybe not as many, but I remember even when I was in my teens, they were releasing tons of really bad uh kids movies like with uh was it agent cody banks with frankie mm, yeah was it frankie munez frankie munez mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. so those come out at least shark once or boy twice and every... lava girl yeah those come oh, out at least once or twice every generation Rodriguez film it was granted but I mean, that's all i got that's every all director, I got. But every, every yeah. director know how no matter how great that's one of those is just like yeah i'm gonna just uh, joe delete that versus, from my resume like joe versus a volcano wasn't that spielberg or somebody or i thought that was i don't know i could be I'm wrong not sure it might have been i feel I like know. one of the pitfalls of these i mean really all three of these movies but with suburban commando i was tr- i was trying i try to watch every movie with no expectations i try to get some sort of redeeming element from everything there were a couple lines that I thought, meh, that's still kind of clever. I mean, almost 15 years later, yeah, it's it's outdated. Reefer Madness is even more so. But I laughed at Suburban Commando and Reefer Madness a lot. Yeah, I, la- I laughed a lot. Them. I actually uh, laughed at them because it Reefer was so Madness. horrible. Okay, Reefer, Reefer Madness. Madness more than either of the other two I've films. seen that several times over <laughs> so, the years because my buddies. Like so many things. There's just so much wrong. Yeah. About it, there's just so much wrong about it. it the, the fact, <laughs> my favorite scene in that entire film is the first time we actually see somebody smoking weed, and it's the guy in the closet, oh. and he's standing there, and he's got this maniacal look on his face, and he's just <laughs> huffing and puffing, and it's just this cloud, and he's like, ah. He, they foreshadow know. it with the piano playing because he has this dopey grin, he's just like pounding the keys. Well, he's not even a dopey grin; it's just a out-of-control, maniacal yeah, grin. Yeah, take one. He's on that you. reefer, and he's about to go crazy. I love how they say they say reefer in plurals. Yeah, reefers. Give me some reefers. Give me some reefers. So yeah, this is a this that is a movie that's mind. made by people who one I don't think have ever smoked pot a day in their life. No, which is fine. But two, every person that I've ever known that has watched this movie, the I feel like their target audience is people. Who are smoking pot while watching this movie? I almost felt. Here's what <laughs> I thought it's like, fun to do. It's you guys want to get stoned yeah. and watch Reefer Madness? Well, here's a theory. I mean, because who else would watch it? It was it was well, funded by a church group, but the origins of, of who made the film is kind of nebulous. And I think the guy who directed it also made at least one or two other exploitation films. It almost feels like the people who made this film were trolling everybody, they, and that they does. were huge pot smokers, and they're like, this is going to be hilarious when we release this, because they, people who do smoke pot are going to watch it and laugh, one because of the it's other so things, not true. One of the other things that I thought was really interesting was that 
if you watch the version that's on Netflix, it actually has like a disclaimer at the front saying that this is taken, the film that they have on there is taken from several different found copies of the film and spliced together. It's not an original cut of the film. It was, because apparently that doesn't exist anymore. But they found these different versions of it that they put together or something. And I thought to myself, wow, that's kind of strange too. Yeah, I mean, I, I know uh, it's an old, old, old movie, but still, you thought something like that. You'd think that somebody out there has got the original, or you know, it's it's still around somewhere. It's a really weird story because even with the date of the film, they'll list it as 1936 to 1938 because it was released in different territories under different names. Right. And apparently, right, right. Uh, and. A guy who was known for exploitation films somewhere down the line bought it and inserted shots like the one, um, I think it might be Blanche, or maybe it's May, where she's just like undressing. Right. She's like exposing her legs. So right. It, it turns from, real sexy pulling yeah. of the stocking up mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it, you almost thought at, at that moment, this is just two steps away from being... Porn. I totally thought that too, especially yeah. considering it was in the you know in the time of like the prohibition, where like you know you have an open mouth kiss and that's going to get you like banned from a, a a theater. You know there was a that real rapey scene right before yeah. that were guy there, got shot. Were there censors though? I mean, did they have the I'm like sure the FCC the only rating, or a censor? Sure if they had like a regulating body for that kind of stuff. Because I know even in the twenties there was some real racy shit that was mm-hmm. put. It out. almost seems like what they did was. Uh, they advertised it as a a propaganda drug, or I should say an anti-drug propaganda film so they could slip that stuff in and no one would notice if there were censors in place for that kind of stuff. You know, they like would be saying, like, yeah. That scene where um, it's it's Ralph, the guy who's crazy on pot, and it's, um, it's Mary, and they're on the couch. Mary, I think, is looking for... Uh, her brother Jimmy, right? Jimmy, the kid Jimmy. that gets and picked then, up at the beginning. And then yeah. her boyfriend Bill's in the other room with this other girl, and the the hallucination was kind of weird because uh, Bill comes out of the room hallucinating, and he sees Ralph and Mary like making out in a consensual way. But either way, he, wouldn't he just be enraged with either one? Um, I would be more enraged with uh, somebody trying to rape my girlfriend than her just like kissing some. Yeah, guy. yeah. Uh, no kidding. Each one is is gonna piss me off, but come on, it's just like. <laughs> Even for that movie, it's just a, a head scratcher. Just, yeah, that that is it. Yeah, I had totally forgotten that there was even like a plot to this movie. Yeah, there, well, you know, it, I mean, well, there's there, it's, it, it's, it's a plot. It's such a loose plot, though. It's just you know. Well, think about it. The whole purpose is obviously to just say no to drugs, right? The original, you know, mm-hmm. Nancy Reagan campaign. But uh, it, it still it, it comes down to it when. These kids, they don't even look like kids. They look like 30-year-olds. Yeah. I know. It's, it's like the Luke Perry effect from Beverly Hills 90210. I know. It's like this heavily wrinkled fort, and it's like, yeah, let's go down to the peach pit and have some milkshakes. It's just like, dude, you're a pedophile. Get away yeah, from exactly. them. Yeah. Get away from them. And uh, like one of my favorite parts in the film is um, Jack the weed pusher comes in, <laughs> and he's uh, he's wrestling with Bill because, you know, there's the gun between them. Right, right. And... Yeah. Um, the gun's pointed at the floor, if you watch closely, and the bullet shoots, but the gun's pointed at the floor, but it somehow hits Mary, who's on <laughs> I know, the so couch, much. and then they show, like, a little dot on her oh, back, yeah, a little there's, magic no blood, there's no and dot. then, after Bill's been pistol-whipped, he wakes up by having water splashed on him. Yes, exactly. So, water cures unconsciousness uh, after you've been pistol-whipped. Pistol Keep whipped. that in mind, if you ever get pistol-whipped, have somebody just... Splash, Splash water on your face. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, that was. I will say the uh, the lighting and makeup was pretty good. 
I mean, it was right along par with other film noir it was uh, there. movies of that time. It was the yeah. I I I, I love watching those old films. Shadows. I love watching those old films because of the costuming, mm-hmm. and it really does paint a picture of the time. You know, if you want somebody to be a young person, you put them in a sweater over a collar, a Letterman shirt, jacket, a or Letterman something. jacket, or something yeah. like that. You want somebody to be older, you put them in a fedora and a suit. You know, and, and it just it that was the only way you could really determine who was young and who was older in this mm-hmm. film. I thought. Did so. you guys notice how um, everybody in the film who sat down in front of a piano was a virtuoso? Isn't that like, the truth? Like something. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what pot does. Play it's, faster. That's what it's the thirties. We're all. We're, we're all. all play prodigies. faster. Play faster. <laughs> uh, I, I want to. I'm going to go on a limb here and say that uh, Reefer Madness totally invented thrash metal in the 30s to play faster theory. Just like play faster, not fast enough. No, keep going. 300 beats per minute. Yeah, now we're there. Never there. And yeah. then they put two pianos together. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> they straight piano. I thought. Uh, yeah, I, I thought the the costuming was interesting, and I also noticed. I, I watched this in two parts. I sat down to watch my second part. And the movie is so short. It's it's 66 minutes. Yeah. It's almost like they filmed it so short so that they could show it in schools. Or so they could show it as a, like a, uh, well, it'd be a little long for a short, a double feature. Yeah, Yeah, you Mm -hmm. have your main film, but then you have this before, and then whatever's after is your wholesome, loving, whatever type of film, you know? Yeah. What ended up happening, too, is I don't think anybody involved with the film intended for this, but... It became, uh, I think from what I read, uh, a movie that was played like a midnight movie, but it was for somebody in, in California, like a politician, who was playing that movie to um, get pot legalized, like way back, I think, in the 70s. as kind of a parody saying, look, we have I this outrageous that, yeah. piece of art that makes no sense at all, and weed isn't that bad. And, it has, almost, and it has almost no basis in reality of what the drug actually does. There's no research. Yeah. Like, it says it's based on actual facts and research, but you can tell. You can tell. If you have any familiarity, whether you've smoked weed or not, if you watch that film, it's just like, this doesn't make any sense at all. People get hungry, they raid their kitchen, <laughs> and they, they fall asleep on was, their couch. That was the only realistic part, because I think there's a there's a part where... There's a part where Verizon Wireless shows up. Uh, <laughs> Who has a time machine? Christopher Lloyd, what were you doing? Okay, time to get the the salami out to beat Jim with. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, there's the only realistic part. I think it's it's Bill and um, maybe is Blanche the girl he's fooling around with? I think so, yeah. And they both get up and they're groggy. Like, that's the only part, I think, that references grogginess that's associated with marijuana. yeah. I, I, and I think that was unintentional yeah. too. I think it was just that they were sleeping and got up and they, they were got up and they were groggy. The yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked the shots of Ralph just sitting in his chair, like freaking out. Yeah, eyes moving side to side. And that scene frankly. where he was kind of going through withdrawals, and he told that uh, what's her name on the withdrawal. Stop that racket. That's the other thing. Withdrawals. You don't go through withdrawals. Well, in the thirties, you do. Well, apparently, yeah, yeah. Heroin. That's a withdrawal thing. Yeah. Meth. Withdrawals. <laughs> Alcohol. Big time withdrawal symptoms. Hangovers too. Hangovers too. Weed? Yeah, not so much. Maybe not they should so make much. like a meth madness. A meth madness. There oh, probably no. is. I mean, I a bet there's probably madness. something out there. Yeah. Well, I didn't there's research that movie it. Cocaine Fiends that I don't know when that movie came cocaine out. Cocaine. I only fiends? saw. Uh, I only I've saw never even heard of that. Twenty minutes of that. It was. It was another one in the in the um, 
40s that was that like genre? an exploitation film. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like how they delivered um, the narrative through, what was it, Dr. Carroll? It, it pretty much was their uh, equivalent of the PTA. Was it, oh, what was the name of it? I think I wrote it. was like, it was almost Karen. like he was at a pulpit. You know, yeah. it was like he was a preacher almost preaching the evils of the dirty weed, mm-hmm. you know? And You see a man in a white lab coat and you're like, well, all my know. belief is suspended and I am going to believe anything that comes out of that oh, man's well, mouth. Yeah, oh, absolutely. it was called the School Parent Association. School Parent so Association. So pretty much the equivalent awesome. of our PTA. And it seemed like he was a principal too because he, I think, brought Bill in later in the film and was saying, hey... It seems like you're having trouble with your studies, young man. It's just like somehow Dr. Carroll knew he was... I'm on the weed. And he was denying it. And then Dr. Carroll seems seems to magically know that uh, Bill's problems are stemming from weed. Because he's like, you know, you got to stop that, son. Yeah. (laughs) I smoked the reefer. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like as as hard as this movie is to... I I have a hard time believing that anybody in this movie actually were, were taking their role seriously and thought that they were doing a good thing. I, I understand that Mad Men is a TV show. I've watched some of this with my grandmother, who was around then and confirms all of these really interesting details and touches. Um, there's a, a clip in Mad Men when this family is at this really nice picnic um, with, like, paper plates and, and beer cans and cigarette butts, obviously, and they get up to leave and the wife just shakes the picnic blanket out and just uh, it just goes everywhere. ass tons of trash just fly over the park and then they just leave and my grandma confirmed yes this is kind of how you did it you're at the grocery store and you put a cigarette butt out and just kicked it under the aisle my brain physically can't capacitate like that idea how smoking does on an airplane that happen? right or yeah, a cigarette commercial with a doctor compute. that says I recommend Winston's. Four exactly, out of five doctors right? recommend Winston's. Well, it's the back thinking that was, you know. It, well, it, it, it does come down. Ben, I think you had it right on the nose. It's money. It's it's who's paying the bills at that point. You Just know? like Dr. Oz. Jeez, please. He's pretty much become an ad man for whatever company oh, well, is sure. uh, funding the show. But yeah. you know what? There there was one part in Reefer Madness that was loosely based on truth. You know... When oh, the axe guy. The axe guy, yeah. There was a guy, he was smoking marijuana, but he's also schizophrenic with murderous tendencies. Yeah. Oh, well, so you add he those did, two, then, yeah. yeah. He did kill his whole family, so I'm going to lean more toward uh, schizophrenic with murderous tendencies than marijuana. Which that they, one, yeah. they kind of forget to mention that in the film that the well, guy they're talking about was schizophrenic with murderous yeah, homicidal yeah. tendencies. Well, I feel like social media is still, I mean, well, social, though, it'll always be skewed, but. You know, you'll have a woman that's in a, a car crash and kills her children, and she's got, you know, mental imbalances. She's got a, a blood alcohol content of, like, 0.1. They'll She'll have trace... Alcohol. Huh? They'll blame the alcohol. Right. Or there'll be, like, trace uh, amounts of marijuana and cocaine, and they're like, oh, this woman that was high on pot got in a car wreck and killed her kids. Right, exactly. And that, you know, you can you, you skew it any way you want, but... Um, I don't know. I the, the bad movie absolutely. Reefer Madness was oh, a God. bad movie. Yes. But good. I still found it very interesting, I guess. I found I don't it know. far more entertaining than the other two movies that we watched. <laughs> that one at least is dry I can, heaving right now. <laughs> I can't even I can't even Oh god. 
All right. First of all, who in their right mind thought that Hulk Hogan would look good in their his space outfit that he has? Yeah, and who and the amazing silver codpiece that I he's mean, wearing. I know. <laughs> and I'll go back to it again. The opening of the film is like a direct lift. It is from straight from Hope. the opening it's of just Star like, Wars. Oh my Hope. God! Look, that's pretty much a Star Destroyer. I'm sorry. Did Lucas not just? Freak out if he and ever, even, if anyone ever brought that to his attention, he should have been like, "I'm suing your asses." I, at least Mel Brooks had the the balls to b- make it all about that, you know. Yeah. Mel he Brooks at least in. went all in. He pushed all his chips. No, and said, no, this is what I'm doing. No, this was a blatant ripoff of the opening scene, and even the theme and it was worse. came out 20 years later, and it was I way know. worse. It, it looks terrible. It looks so horrible. Uh, and Shep Ramsey's hero theme is like a direct ripoff of John Williams' main Star Wars theme, like you know when the text is scrolling down for the opening of A New Hope. Like, oh yeah, the Star Wars theme is just like they changed a few notes. It's just like. This is outrageous. Like, as a kid, I probably didn't care, but watching it as an adult, it's just like, how did they not get sued for copyright infringement how did on they some of not, these things? How did they not kill themselves after making this film? Well, there because was there was a guy who got killed while filming. He was a, a special effects guy who was uh, testing a trapdoor, and he oh, died. Are you kidding me? No. I think, his name was, uh, I think his name was Michael Colvin, and oh, he died wow. during the filming of th- this... <laughs> Is this so sad? Like just, just looking at <laughs> what things. What movie did you die doing? Like how do you Suburban how do you put, Commando? How do you do, how do you straight put, to hell? How, how do you how go do you, straight to hell? What a legacy. <laughs> that I mean, how do you how do you say that to a family? Yeah, I, I don't know if this guy had a wife or kids, but say he did. Uh, honey, daddy died during Suburban Commando. What? That film sucks. No. The one thing no. I will say about Suburban Commando, I love Larry Miller. Who is like epitome of that guy? He played Christopher Lloyd's boss. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, who yeah, was in perfect. everything in the nineties. Absolutely, yeah. No, he 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 was the only redeeming quality. Yeah, I like the rocket skates. because the what the rocket skates. Oh yeah, uh, or the rocket boots. The rocket boots. Yeah, that reminded me of Super Mario Brothers. Big Bertha's uh, boots. Oh, yeah. Geez. Now I regret not choosing uh, Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers. Oh no! Save that one for the future because there could be a video. I mean, if you did a video game adaptation podcast, I mean, it'd pretty much be like a bad movie podcast again. Oh, I would, I would, I would go so far as to say some of the Resident Evils weren't bad. No, the Resident Evil was very good. Awesome. I haven't seen that one, but I would check that one out. Yeah, yeah, I have it. I'll send it home. Super creepy. Oh god, super creepy. I, I say we go with Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, and Mortal Kombat. Oh, I can't. No, I can't. You can't. You don't know. I, no, you can't no, do, Jimmy, no, you're well, a sick bastard. Well, here's the thing. I think it's a little bit redundant with Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. You have two fighting games. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. No, okay. okay. I okay. mean, so Suburban Commando. Commando. Yeah, no, like, okay. Suburban okay. Commando so is like a real life. It's almost like they they released this movie almost with the intention of franchising somehow, which I didn't see anything about that through my research. It's just like they were aiming this toward kids, so I'm surprised I didn't, when I looked up, this movie online see like um, action figures and uh, suburban commando video game because it's well, just like it's okay, just so I, hollow I, it's like they want to put something on a cereal box or something the there are two things about this that I want to talk about first of all Christopher Lloyd's character could not be more of the epitome of the bad wimpy 
dad that that finally grows a pair in any movie. I mean, but it's such a bad example. I mean, it's so horrible. The scene where he's sitting in traffic revving his engine and where his, he's and, and his car goes in revert. Like, what the hell is that? I mean, what is there a problem with this transmission? That's I don't know. That really did confuse me. It's just I was like, so what? Why would then... he just go backwards then, or whatever you know, it was? You know who else could have played that role? Rick Moranis. He would have done better. I know. I know. And I love. I kept both thinking of about them. that. Right. I love them both, but. I know. I I I feel like it might have been a better movie if it would have been a character that could have taken you on a little bit of a coming-of-age journey. I mean, you know, okay, so there's the scene where he puts on Shep's armor. Right, yeah, where he tries to be, yeah, where he tries to be the hero. Yeah, and the girl kisses him when he saves her. Yeah. And then his little crotch piece starts beeping. <laughs> Is he getting a boner? Is well, he aroused? Well, well here's what? the thing. Let's go to, let's flash back a few minutes before that. This movie is obviously aimed toward kids, but you, that scene is like totally rapey once again. We'll, we'll it's very rapey. And these two guys and a woman who looks like she may be a stripper or a prostitute, and it's just like, uh, this I don't remember because if my parents or grandparents were in the room, they're like, uh, cover your eyes for a second, Ben. Right. You don't need to see this. It's just like, that's uh, pretty risque for what's a kid's film, you know, but they could get away with more, you know, in the early 90s now that everything's so PC. They have to hide most of the sure. most of that stuff. And yeah. like the Disney films with like the weird right. uh, stuff on the covers and all that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Along that same lines then, if we're talking about sexuality, Shelley Duvall is the least sexual creature on the planet. And, and when she comes out... In that red wig. In the red wig and oh. the lingerie. Oh. I was like... Ugh. She looks like Ugh. Sharon's soap dish or something. Ugh. And, okay. and like, you and know even, what? I really don't blame Jack Torrance so much now. I don't blame that. Yeah, no kidding. I don't blame <laughs> that son of a bitch. I would have bashed her head in too. But, the, but Christopher Lloyd's character, he's laying there... And oh, I don't care. I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't care how tired you are, how bad of a day you are. If you are a married man and your wife comes out and makes any effort whatsoever to seduce you, you are having sex. Yeah. You are doing it right there on the couch. It doesn't matter if the kids are coming in. Take one for you the are team. having sex. You take one for the fucking team. Kids, wait outside. You don't, I you don't say. Marriage. You don't say. Oh, honey, I'm not in the mood. And the wife just goes, oh, well, I gave it a try and takes off the sexy wig and everything else. She was role-playing for him. Yeah. I'm sorry. And also, you don't say no. And you're Christopher Lloyd, too. You're not going to so. get much at any <laughs> given time if you're Christopher Lloyd. And then what does he want to do? I just want to go bang things in my workshop. What? <laughs> well, that's the thing that that's the movie's ultimate failure, too, is... There's no depth because every um, actor is portraying not a character but a caricature. Absolutely. So it's just like they're a bundle of stereotypes, and the kids are almost non-existent. The kids are non-existent. It's, like, it's fucking hilarious because yeah. it's like I can't remember their names. Hi, I'm the perky little girl. Hi, I'm the plucky little boy. You know, and it, it's, like, it's, it's, I like to skateboard around the neighborhood. Yeah, right. I'm a right boy. Let's just forget about Cowabunga, them for forty minutes. Dude. <laughs> okay, they, li- literally, Cowabunga dude was a line from no. one of the boys. In the movie, like toward the end, where um, Shep Ramsey hands off the, the mega big, board with yeah, the, the rockets wheels or whatever, rockets. yeah. Like he hands it off, and one of the boys says, Cowabunga, dude. Well, that was oh, one year God. after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
So, yeah, it just seemed that like... makes perfect sense. And uh, right near the time of The Simpsons, yeah, where Calabunga yeah. was a big thing, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the parts that I did genuinely laugh at is when uh, the uh, streetcar racer guys come up to uh, Shep. Oh, Shep's yeah. like, let me guess. You're going to bash my... Th-, and goes through that line, and he's like... It's the 90s. We're going to sue you. Like, okay, that's actually really like, funny. That was Emotional funny, damages, yeah. uh, property damage. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, I know, these things cost like $30,000. I sat down to watch this movie with a pen and paper, and I wanted to write down the inconsistencies, the weird goofs, the accidental, like, uh, Plot devices that don't make, and like, I ran out of room within ten minutes. Of course, I think they yeah. call like, Shelley Duvall Shelley at one point. Do they really? They probably do. And um, <laughs> the the emblem on um, Christopher Lloyd's character, what's his name? Uh, oh, jeez, yeah. I just remember as Christopher Lloyd because he pretty yeah. much plays Christopher Lloyd. He does. Movie. He plays yeah. awkward Charlie. guy. Charlie, why the most awkward name ever? The, Charlie, the emblem yeah. on his red amazing commuter car. Like sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> like, and just little things, like the scene where Christopher Lloyd pulls hit the gun out. Okay, first of all, Shelley Duvall turned a workshop into a, like, totally rentable bedroom in an afternoon. Yeah. That's um, not possible. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's because, yeah. spoiler alert, the Shining universe is going to cross over with Suburban Commando. She was used to housekeeping from The Shining, so, like, she has... Housekeeping superpowers, bro. So it's basically this shining... I can't even say that with a straight face. And then <laughs> That'd be like the Lloyd. worst abomination. Like, But I just said it, so... Oh, God. And then Christopher Lloyd pulls a gun out, fucks around with it, shoots a hole through the wall. What What did you think was going to happen? Well, here's you pull the thing. You pulled the trigger. I think, I think there's a continuity error because the... Um, oh, the race car The race car up. would be... On the same side of the street, and in the shot, I think it's across the street. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the shot, it's across yeah, yeah, the street. Yeah. And then the very next scene, they're working on the race car, and it's totally flawless. It's like, Ouch. didn't you just blow Blowed that up? That? Like? Oh. You like, know what? <laughs> everybody involved in this film is like, I got, got paid. Oh, everybody, we all just sighed. I, think that, I, think I got like, paid. I think in this oh. film, everything was just like a first take, and they're like, yeah, that's that's okay, next, next, okay. This, I think this movie should have been called Fuck It. <laughs> The movie Shrug slash Meh, the movie. Meh. <laughs> we're striving for mediocrity, okay. guys, and we're what? almost Hulk there. Hulk Hogan in, print it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> print it, whatever. All right. What's with the name Shep? I don't know. That it's was like, like a worst stooge. It's like name. a stooge. It's like, yeah. I, I kept thinking, is he calling him Shemp? As in one of the three stooges. <laughs> to me, it almost sounds like you're shortening a more hey, aristocratic <laughs> name, like Shepley or something like that. Like, yeah. It, the name just makes no sense at all. No. It's really bad. No, it name. doesn't. No, it's Ramsey. Ramsey was Ram, a, yeah. if you have Ram in the word. Ram, name, if yeah. you have Ram in the word, you know. <laughs> but it's Ramsey's a pharaoh's good, name, at the very least. But Ramsey. Shep Ramsey. <laughs> it's like, I, I got, I, there's a, there's a, a Jewish porn star. <laughs> yeah. I know there's, um, I think there's a chef. Is it Chef Ramsey? Chef Ramsey. Yeah, Chef Ramsey, yeah. After the fact. Oh, yeah, way after the fact. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Hell's Kitchen right. guy. Who yeah, 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 yeah. It would have been cool if he was in Suburban yeah. Commando because he would have told that <laughs> family, just like, you guys fucking suck. I'm going to go over go here and, like, <laughs> cook something, and you all suck. I don't care about General Suter coming down with his balding ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Let him destroy the world. I'll go up on this bounty hunter spaceship. I don't care. The fact that 
<laughs> he was a he wore the most unbelievably stupid disguise. A human being outfit over that kick ass alien, quote unquote. I would have been the, if I, I were him, just I'd be the alien. alien. That I'd was like the alien the entire there we go. time. What's One the redeeming point? factor. I liked the design of the alien. I thought the alien it was pretty wasn't cool. bad. Yeah, it was, was very surprising cool when alien, it finally appeared. The alien wasn't bad. I thought it was weird at the end. The envelope gets thrown and the hand gets cut off. It's like, <laughs> why wouldn't you just like cut his head off? Or I know. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Why don't I got I got more to say on this? Why, why don't All we take right. a little break <laughs> and then we'll come back and talk about the Undertaker? Oh no! Yeah, yeah. The voice. The voice. Sunshine. Take a stroll down by the bay. Where else could there ever be such a sensational hideaway? And now, and now, now's the time. A little vacation to clear the mind And now, like heaven on earth Simple but also nice It's almost like So, I just, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to make a note on bad movies Because I have always been a fan Movies that are rejected by society Rejected by the, by the box office Like Army of Darkness, I'll Always Love Super Mario Brothers, by all intents and purposes, is a bad movie. However, uh, a lot of these movies, it's kind of this phenomenon where they're still fun to watch. And, and sometimes it's an entertainment factor. Sometimes you like the character, like with Army of Darkness, Army Ash. of Darkness, Ash, you cannot get past the fact that that guy is just fucking hilarious. Bruce Campbell makes that series. Without yeah. him, it's not like, just... Trash. It's it's just worthless. I mean, his yeah. take on his take on physical comedy. I would it's call hilarious. Brilliant. It's so, it's just like, like three stooges evolved. Oh yeah, yeah. The way oh, the way yeah. he just throws himself into the character. And you know, if if you get a chance, anybody out there, if you haven't read it already, um, read the book. If Chins Could Kill, a lot of it's based on his experiences through um, recording or filming whatever you want to call it. The first Evil Dead movies. And oh my God, the the guy put himself through absolute hell. If Chins. Could kill. Confessions of a B movie actor. Yeah, it's good. I've <laughs> no, read but, it. I mean, it's, it's kind of a cheesy name, but if you read it, yeah. it's a really good book. Oh yeah, well, um, it's still it's funny though. The name, the yeah. title itself. Well, that's what he's known for. It's just t- a picture of him and the chin, right? He's known yeah, for the chin. Yeah. But you had a perfect setup with that, Jimmy, because uh, what I recently did is I watched Troll Two, uh-huh. and it's right now known as the worst slash best movie of. Probably our generation because yeah. it came out, and I, um, I saw that number one on And it's funny because right now that movie has a huge cult following, at least in the United States, and uh, even so much so that there's a documentary. I think it came out in 2009. I just watched it last night called "Best Worst Movie" that focuses on that movie as a bad movie and how uh, bad movies can be enjoyable even when they're train wrecks and people so, just latch onto that. So we actually picked three movies or at least two of them because Reefer Madness has got a following. you got to yeah. think. But we actually picked two other movies that no one likes or can even yeah. Yeah. form a cult not very, following not very around. It's so, there, it just there's wasn't... so non-redeemable. There's so many non-redeeming qualities of these films that you can't even look at it now and go, yeah, that's campy. I could see where that would be. No, there's just yeah. nothing good about them. I mean, I, I think most people know of Reefer Madness. And if you're, I mean, I'm not some 
bourgeois, like, mm, yes, I love my 30s movies. I, I, I think I can sit through anything. Citizen Kane was 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 entertaining. It was very interesting. I like but a lot of tedious. the the cry- yeah. Oh, it is. It's, uh, it's, it's it so is. It's tedious. Long. Like these days, if somebody came out with that film, would I, not. They, it'd be called the Passion Project, and a little bit, maybe even a and it would be project. it would be an independent film. Is yeah, what it, it would be, be a, a major be studio IFC would not film. approve that. But obviously, no. there are big differences between you know today and no, uh, a few yeah. decades ago. Yeah. <laughs> and and so many of these '30s movies, they always seem so sped up. That whole like they're all like the jitterbug or the Charleston. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like we gotta go. The director's just like dancing around. We gotta go. We got things to do. Yeah, but that first scene where they're all smoking and like dancing around, maybe I'm just jaded and weathered. But I'm like that. That looks okay. Doesn't look so bad. Until the rape comes in. Oh, yeah, yeah. When it gets all rapey, then you got to watch out for it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, but... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'd be interested in watching the color version of this because... There's a color Yeah, there's a color version, and here's the catch. They color the smoke depending on the mood of the person smoking. (laughs) So there's a screenshot on Wikipedia of the crazy piano player... um, and there's like this green cloud coming out. It's like that can make the film more interesting and or more hilarious. So yeah. like the only my... way that they yeah. can make that work is if they're playing Hendrix in the back black background. Pur- purple haze. The whole soundtrack is purple haze on the yeah. non-stop loop. <laughs> yeah, that's even epic. even more marketed to stoners now. Oh god, I mean, yes. that's what it's become too, and it's worked perfectly. Like the anniversary DVD that they came out with. I mean, that's that's pretty much what they did because now the film has found a market and that's that's kind of what happens a lot of times reefer madness found a market and like Stu said well there's really no market for suburban commando or battlefield no mm-hmm. there's because not. there's so many just like legitimately cringeworthy moments that have no entertainment value like even if you're watching it from a snarky sarcastic point of view you're just like this is just straight out bad like yeah. i can't enjoy this and no yeah it's i mean it's bad humor wise and plot wise like i'm i'm talking about suburban commando when that came out, the humor wasn't so dated that it was so much worse than other movies of that time. They were all bad, but there was something about Suburban Commando that made it extra bad. Like, I've always been a big fan of Weekend of Bernie's, and even Weekend of Bernie's too. That has a true cult following now, too. I right, mean, right. you know, they even have a dance. The Bernie. I mean, shit. Yeah, no kidding. But... Uh, Battlefield Earth is is interesting, and maybe this is my accidental uh, segue into this movie. Wow. Is that I was a I was a fan of film when this movie came out, and I remember it having such a poor reception, and I never saw it. I this is the I watched it three days ago. This was the first time that I'd ever seen it. I avoided it like the plague as well. Yeah, so I'm not embarrassed that I didn't watch it, as I'm sure Ben isn't either. But watching it now. Like, when I think about a bad, bad movie, you know, a, a movie comes out that has no budget and it's a crappy movie. Well, no one really got hurt. But this movie... Uh, Over I, 70 million. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Although, I mean, and the production company got sued, which was interesting. They did. They, later on, yeah. Because <clears throat> they, they pretty much cooked the books. Yeah, they did. Yeah. About the budget. And, it's a very Godfather um, thing to say. It was... It was I, I forget the name of the guy who ran. It was franchise films, right? Franchise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Entertainment. Yeah, like his his whole thing was he was like a, a nightclub owner, and what he would do is he would take these going once again to the uh, vanity projects. He would take these big stars 
projects that couldn't get approved by mainstream Hollywood and he would get funding for them, but the stars would have to take pay cuts. So that's what he was known for. And this one definitely blew up in his face. Oh, well, Travolta put millions of dollars of his own money. Yeah, he put his own money into it. He put like three or four million dollars of his own money into this project. And so... He pulled a Costner, didn't he? Oh, but, you know, without the Costner payoff, no matter how bad some of Costner's films are, None of them come close to being as bad as this. This is true. Even I actually people, like not Waterworld. even yeah, the postman. People people give Waterworld all this flack, but I I I can. That's a. It's I one of my. It's, it's one of those. Film. It, okay, it's one of those movies. If it's on and my wife isn't around, sorry, Lynn, <laughs> I know you hate the film. But if she's not <laughs> around and if it's so on, much. I I scroll through and I'll be like, oh, Waterworld. I'll stop and watch yeah. because it has some genuinely fun moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, moments where you can get behind it. There is nothing in Battlefield Earth that would make me stop on it Ver- versus somebody, unless it was somebody with a gun pointed at my head and they're saying, you're going to sit here and watch it or I'm going to blow your brains what out. If it's, uh, that's the only thing I think I really enjoyed about the movie is when they're in the future prison in the year 3000 and they have like a gruel gun. I like that concept. The, and oh, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. And, and there's a gruel gun. gun. All right. Then like, oh, wait, back to more of this. There are this so many inconsistencies guy, and, I know, that and was... stupid things. Okay. Okay. Here, here, let me set something up. All right. 1997. I am, no, 19, excuse me. This was later than that. This is 1990. Almost into 2000, just before this was made. I'm in an airport. I'm on my way on a business trip. I'm working for a company called Lucid Technologies at the time. I need something to read. I go to the bookstore in the airport or the little shop there in the airport. I'm looking, I'm looking. Boom. This tome, this 1,300-page book called Battlefield Earth. Now, I'm a sci-fi fan, right? I'm thinking to myself, sci-fi, hey, not bad, all right. This will keep me busy because I actually read tons and and I read very quickly. So I pick up this brick of a book, I buy it, and I start to read. And I started to hemorrhage internally (laughs) almost immediately. The book was so tedious. Does it read like stereo instructions? It doesn't. No, actually it, it there there is a story, there is a plot, there is Johnny there Good are, Boy. Oh my god, Johnny Good Boy. It's amazing. Oh god. What a terrible there, name. But see for the any problem, protagonist the problem is this, as bad as the book was, the movie it'd be like the book took a shit and that was the movie. But then you'd also have to rub that in like raw sewage from Calcutta, and then you might have the movie, you know? I mean, that's how much that's how much worse it was than the book, and the book was horrible. And, and it, that, oh. the, the, the backstory of the book is hilarious, too, because... Um, L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> yeah, L. Ron Hubbard, and if you read about the book itself, Battlefield Earth, there was obviously a Scientologist buying campaign. They wanted to push it up on the New York Times bestseller list so that they got the word out. And apparently the movie doesn't have any uh, 
Scientologist ties. And it's just like, no, you're lying to us, John Travolta. Exactly. Of course it does. Um, it's just so inconceivable. And I will actually use uh, or paraphrase a line from Best Worst Movie. Somebody's talking about the movie Troll 2, and this applies to Battlefield Earth. The person <laughs> says of Troll 2, it's like aliens watched some of our movies and then <clears throat> they tried to make a movie and this is the result. It's like Galaxy Quest. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the historical documents, you know, yeah, somebody yeah. saw our movies. It was Which like, I recently watched again. Galaxy Quest is great, though. I, I like it. I love Galaxy Quest. I haven't seen it. I, really I saw like it in Galaxy theaters Quest. when it's I was a kid. It's wonderful. No, yeah. It's on Netflix. It's streaming. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. No, it's good. But, um, <laughs> but oh, I, I'm watching this film. And not only does it not resemble anything that I imagined in my mind as I'm reading this steaming pile of crap book, but it it's so disjointed. It's it's like it, somebody gave a four-year-old a movie camera and they had a 12-year-old editor and said, take the footage that this four-year-old takes and try and create an opening scene. And, and then... With the wipes, oh my god! The, the, I know the, the, the Star Wars, the vertical Star but Wars came up with that. Well, they, they maybe not came up made, with it, but, but they made they it used famous. It, they used it to great effect in Star yeah. Wars. Whereas in this, they just showed it no. Pr- they used it for everything, and it had no purpose. PowerPoint, baby! Oh, I know, right? God. Let me put that vertical wipe transition there, and bam! All right. Towards- Oh, go ahead. I, I just have one more quick thing before we even delve even deeper into the steaming pile of crap. There's a lot of crap. There's Okay, Roger <laughs> Ebert, in May of 2000, wrote this. Battlefield Earth is like taking a bus trip with someone who has needed a bath for a long time. It's not merely bla- bad. It's unpleasant in a hostile way. <laughs> I love that. It's yeah, unpleasant it in a hostile way. Way it's like sitting in a crowded space with somebody who is overly flatulent and has not bathed in months. Oh my god! Well, I mean, with the opening scene, okay, mountains. You have this tribe of man animals. Somebody had to say man animals, and I'm the person. Just why? Anyway, but to me, the whole film it looks like it was produced by homeless people. Well, no, by the Sci-Fi Channel. No, here's With what I have to say. Taste. It, it's like, to me, this film looked like something the Sci-Fi Channel would produce and play at like 2.30 in the morning. Because they not even to. they're proud of it. No. They not, like, the Sci-Fi it, Channel cannot hang their hat on Battlefield It's the red-headed Earth. stepchild that you keep under the stairs, you know? Like, <laughs> and my whole thing is like with the special effects, like with the flight simulator, oh. where Johnny Goodboy's in the flight simulator, and it looks like it's early 90s virtual reality. It's just like, they shot in Canada and it would have cost two times more to shoot in the United States. Where did this money go? Yeah. Or did they just have like a money pile they were burning? Like, here's 73 million. <laughs> that, that, I think that like was that, almost the most disappointing aspect. Like is, in The Dark Knight when the Joker burns a pile of money? Yeah, yeah. That's what oh Battlefield Earth God. is. That's what ba- Battlefield Earth is. It's oh. just like, I, I imagine the Joker and he's like surrounded by Cyclos and all these uh, stinky humans. He's just like, Joker's like, here's your Battlefield Earth money. Okay, aside from the fact that it's, quote-unquote, a thousand years after the fall of humanity, and humanity has <laughs> back off. The Jets. Oh, humanity has reverted to this near caveman-like state again, and yet they're able to not only comprehend difficult things, but, but okay, the 
the flight simulator. Where's the electricity coming from from the flights for the flight simulator? How after a thousand years are the jets even remotely able to fly? Magic. The rubber hoses alone would have degraded to the point where you turn it on, even if it's capable of turning it on, Battle even if magic. capable of putting fuel in it, even if capable of opening a nuclear weapon. Cyclofumes. And even if capable of doing all of those things, you turn that jet on after a thousand years of sitting, it's going to immolate itself. It'll just, it'll boom. I mean, damn. And then half of the dialogue for the humans is, what? And that's a weird thing. It's like some of the humans are more advanced than other ones because later in the film, they're in that field where um, Terrell... Shows off his marksmanship by shooting cows. Oh, that seems. It's like, oh, I was number one at the academy. He's just like shooting cows. It's just like shoot the legs off of these cows. Yeah, that's how I'm going to show how much of a dead shot I am. How is Peta? How is Peta during all of this? How is it that the cows haven't changed? The cows cows haven't changed. And not only have they not evolved, who's raising the cows? Who's looking after them? That's a social statement, Stu. The whole Uh, purpose, the whole okay, the whole purpose, the whole whole reason why humans are hiding where they're hiding is because the cyclos are allergic to the radiation that was irradiated the planet after the humans retaliated with nuclear weapons at some point. Okay. And it Great. only took nine minutes for the cyclos to conquer the humans. Exactly, according right? According to Terrell. But they're high. Okay, so here I'm more it is. I'm a Kerr fan myself. Oh, by yeah, the I way. I can tell by that accent. I like Kerr myself. I'm okay, yeah, Terrell. Okay, guys. what is it? Rest, I'm so I'm Poor so Kerr. out of my mind on this film. I can't even come back <laughs> to reality. I have like I'm 20 so, scenes I need to. Uh, I know. I'm sorry, man. I just can't. Oh, God. Okay, the, none what? of it makes sense. Cognitive business. Oh, oh I'll just God. throw this out that John Travolta is so. I mean, these aliens who are like seven and a half feet tall Nine. go in and out of. Accents. Nine. Yeah. yeah. What is his they accent? I know. He's like a Shakespearean actor on acid. And this is after Pulp Fiction. This is after Be Cool. I know. Like, you're trying to reestablish yourself into pop culture, dude. And then you take a shit in your hand and offer it up as something great. They actually right. approached Tarantino to direct Battlefield Earth. And of course he's like, no thanks. Uh, no, I'll, <laughs> I'll and take and a you, shit on the final product. Though. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. And that's a weird thing. Uh, George Lucas encouraged Roger Christian to take this project as director. <laughs> as director, Dr. Evil. As director. Yeah. God, George, George, this movie, George said George did that well, one on purpose. Sometimes George makes bad decisions. I love the guy, but George, this was you a good, did a bad, bad thing. No, this was a perfect thing. because this, I love you, this, George. This film was an abortion from the time it was conceived. Actually, you know what? George Lucas, as a, as a guy who probably has marketing in mind now, was thinking to himself, well, I'm going to be making this trilogy, so what can be released to make my trilogy of episodes one three <laughs> look a lot better? Look- oh! Well, he's oh, reading the Battle of the Earth script, and we he's like, can't even, they're not even on the same playing field. Perfect. Oh, God. He's like, Battle Earth, a- like, my movies look perfect. Oh, this God. was such a... Like, uh, cutting edge as far as film goes. I mean, it's, you know, three years after Titanic, one year after The Matrix. Uh, these these done, techniques are... There's so many things I, that could have been done. You know, uh, the plot was not incredibly original, Convoluted. but wasted potential, absolutely. I do really like Gaping the idea holes. that thousands of years into the future were reverted back to, like, a primal state of, like, tribal... That's interesting, but 
then you shit all over that. Uh, the only thing you ever saw of that quote-unquote tribal place were a couple of huts and the gate. That's all you ever saw of those Grand, people. Granddaddy wisdom with Granddaddy, his like, right, right. rabbit scarf. That's scarf. all you ever then saw. The other humans who showed up, like uh, Carlo, like in the opening right. scene where um, Johnny Goodboy is attacked by mini golf puff the magic dragon uh <laughs> it's just like wait which i didn't see coming it's just like no. oh he's on a mini golf course what I, 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 did, I did enjoy the fact that there was a mini golf course in a film just in general yeah that was the only thing i think i enjoyed about this film outside of a gruel gun which is not a ringing endorsement so it's just like my whole question is you have these different tribes of humans but they're all located somewhat closely to each other so how they had no contact with each other because Johnny Goodboy is treating these guys like, oh, I'm hostile. What are you going to do? Oh, here's a rabbit. Now we're friends. And they're like, let's show you a statue of the gods. He oh had sex God. with a, this, this god had sex with a mortal. It's just like, then at that part, I'm just like, what's there? happening? And, and also, and also the other thing that I found really disturbing um, is that at the very end, right before the dome collapses, there's that guy in the plane who's out of Bombs? No, he's out of ammunition. He's out of ammunition. Can I insert some interesting yeah. trivia? Kim Coates, who played Carla, was also in Waterworld. Yes, he was. Oh, that's cool. He was. Yes, he like, was. I yeah. recognize this guy. Yeah. He has a really distinct look. Like He has like these really piercing blue eyes and the long hair. It's just like, God, this guy looks so familiar where I've seen him. And so yep. He's in Waterworld. That makes sense. Now, now I want to go back and they watch They call him Waterworld. Mr. Bombtastic. <laughs> Kim, if if uh, Kim Coates is in your movie, it's just like, oh... God, Waterworld is going to seem like the Godfather now. Oh, God. Pretty much. But yes. If you remember the ending of the 1995 classic Independence Day, Randy Quaid runs out of ammunition and decides to sacrifice himself for the greater cause. But he actually sacrifices himself. The yes. other guy's just like, all right, I'm going to sacrifice myself, but I'm still going to eject because I, I don't, I don't want to kill it, myself. Yeah, the, the guy in the... <laughs> Oh, God, yes. The guy in the, the actual plane that should not be flying after a thousand years. Yeah. But, oh. Magic. Yeah, magic. Because, because the, wizard the, Boy, the wizard did it. The wizard did it. Because Johnny Goodboy does uh, this. off camera doing this. If you can't see me, I'm making wizard-like motions exactly. to the microphone. Wizard magic. So Johnny Goodboy does this really half-assed flight simulation, which effects-wise, that was my favorite part in the whole movie. Was that simulation? But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's also 200 people who also they were trained. They were trained. They were trained to be ace pilots in the week in jets that shouldn't have been able to fly. This 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 movie gave me one of the most complicated airplanes ever created. Harrier jets are so difficult to fly. They're not, and, and the way they're using them in this as hovercraft. They can't. They they can do that to a degree, but they can't back into something. And well, here's another thing too that completely. Here's another thing that completely made no sense. You know, before they go out to mine the gold, and it's set in stone. The humans, man, animals, are going to go mine gold. Um, 
Terrell, John Travolta's character, is talking about how they're going to be closely monitored. Well, what happened when they like flew to Fort Knox and got all that gold? Like they weren't being watched yeah. at all. Like they they couldn't leave behind no, like no. one cyclo to just watch them. Right. Yeah, but, but there was an explanation for that. The guy was like, "How are we going to do this if the cyclos are always watching us?" All of a sudden, another tribe shows up. Not only does another tribe show up, but they join right in and start. You know, it will do it in shifts, and no one will ever know we're gone. And what the hell? They well, go to. They go, not, to oh, oh, go ahead. God, I was oh, just going to say. Head. Not to mention John Travolta, which they go to Fort Knox, and all of a sudden John Travolta's Fort like, "Wait a minute! I don't want my golden bricks." No, he's this like, "How do cool. these end up in bricks? How do these get smelted?" And fuck it, you! Take the bricks, dude. <sighs> if all you're after is the gold, take well, the to, pure uh, gold. I mean, to summarize this film and uh, Tyna Nitschke, quote: <laughs> "This film is definitely gazing into the abyss because there's it's just like you're sucked into a black hole into this alternate universe universe where everything is like complete and utter crap." I mean, for the most part, John Travolta. Let's even if we go back and, and just start with him. He's not very good being like a pure villain um, in Battlefield Earth, especially in. If, have you guys seen um, the first? The, not the Dolph Dolph Lundgren Punisher, but um, the first. Oh, the, the one with uh, uh, Frank yeah, Castle. Yeah, yeah, Frank Castle. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just not really good as a pure villain. He, it just comes off as really forced yeah. and cheesy. He just, and it, <clears throat> he's more of a lovable sort of. And, and he, the character. Okay, his one of his best characters was from Pulp Fiction by far, because you know he comes off in that as as a a poetic bad guy. Who, More of an anti-hero. He is an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah truly. I mean, Get Shorty but, was good. Be oh, cool Get Shorty was good. Was but I mean, and this is all after that. So yeah. I mean, I, I I guess if I have to play devil's advocate, John Travolta obviously wanted to get this movie made. He wasn't. Yeah. He he acted. Oh, he very did poorly in this movie. He put a lot of his own money into oh, it. Oh God. Uh, the the costumes I thought were shit. The special effects were shit. Honestly, they ripped I'm off Klingons. We haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah, yeah. So oh, many things. While recording. I mean, what is Everything this with the forehead thing? Uh, I mean, they totally okay. ripped off Klingons. Can so can, go ahead. Can we take a little break? Yeah, I guess. We can get All back right. to the Klingons after the break because yeah. that's just, once that's again, just, oh. I need to gather my thoughts. Commando, yeah. pure plagiarism. I'm starting to get irritable bowel syndrome, and I don't even have irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> All of my intestines are rupturing. <laughs> thinking is that I looked at obscene amount of top bad movies, the top hundred worst movies of all time, and so many of them fall, I mean like a quarter of them are horror movies, another Absolutely. quarter of those are remakes or sequels. Science yes. fiction. Science fiction. fiction. Fall into that. Yeah. You know, and, like Battlefield Earth, because it's, I mean... Those are two of my favorite genres, but even as somebody who loves those two genres, I'll admit, it, it seems there really easy. There's so much crap. There's so much crap made. to wade through mm-hmm. before you get to a lot of the good stuff, you oh, know. God, you, yeah. can have, you can have um, 
Rosemary's Baby, and you can have The Exorcist. But then for every movie like that, uh, Stu and I were discussing this outside of this recording, but I was talking about the movie Microwave Massacre. Are you familiar with that, Jimmy? I've never heard of it. It has the guy who was the voice for the animated Frosty the Snowman, and the whole premise of the movie is that he's I think he's frustrated with his job or something in his whole life. So he kills his wife, microwaves her cadaver, I, I believe, and then uh, accidentally eats it, but then realizes he has a taste for it, then realizes wow. it's his wife's body. So he just kills women, and it's just like... Um, and then he says, Happy birthday! I, no. 19, 1983. <laughs> yeah, but even when I was younger, I want to say I saw this film when I was 15 or 16. It's just, they're attempting black humor, but it's just so mean-spirited that I really don't know who could enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. You know, and with horror and science fiction, that seems to happen with the low-budget stuff that has there no was, aim or purpose. It's just like a bunch of dudes this, with cameras. Yeah. It doesn't well, and, there, and there's so much subjectivity when it comes to putting a label like, oh, that movie was bad. You know, that's like, not good enough for me. Okay, you go back even a little bit further than, than Suburban Commando, and you get movies that people would consider bad, like Ice Pirates. Have you ever seen Ice Pirates before? Billy D. Williams. Oh, I have. I think I have. I know. Which Billy the... D. Williams was not in that. No, I no. thought he was. Okay. No, no. Ice Pirates and Battle of the Planets and oh god, there were just so many um, of these robot ro- monster. Oh, uh, it was like a guy in a gorilla suit with like a space helmet. Oh, on. Oh no, that one. That one was no. That was that. William Shatner was in that one. That one's even further back. I'm talking just like the 80s. Oh, bad. I gotcha. Yeah, well, 80s had the 80s. Forbidden Planet. You know, oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The 80s was like a breeding ground, even with more well-known ones like um, Flash Gordon. Oh God, um, Flash! Masters, was, the Masters of the Masters universe of the Universe movie with Dolph Lundgren oh. was just like they must have been really high when they made this. Oh ride. God, yeah, yeah. Um, I well, mean, cocaine it, was written into the budget. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think the '80s was like uh, breeding ground for some B movies that were highly entertaining. And then the flip side of that is there are also. I mean, it was it's was kind of strange, like, if you go back to 80s B-movies, that there were so many that were really entertaining in, like, uh, an unintentional comedy way. Mm-hmm. But then there were also some that were just like, wow, this is just, no, this is legitimately terrible. Yeah. I remember Absolutely. reading this really interesting... Steel Dawn with Patrick Strazy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I remember reading this really interesting expose in Rolling Stone with Dennis Quaid. And he's a recovering alcoholic, recovering drug addict. He has like 15 15 years clean. But he was talking about how movies of the 80s, like, cocaine was part of the catering budget. Oh, wow. I mean, like, it was written in, like, certain actors were allowed a certain amount. So how do we explain Battlefield Earth? (laughs) Well, I know, but my question is, uh, how much coke was allotted to Jack Nicholson in Tim Burton's Batman? Whoa! I think he was paid in cocaine, but not money. Come on, back to back to true bees. All right, suburban commando. There's a long history of wrestlers that tried to transition into movies, and it's kind of interesting because wrestler was a good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie (laughs) because they're kind of acting anyway in their profession. So it just makes sense that some. Studio exec after one too many lines is like, wait, wait, okay, I got it, I got it, okay. So, 
That that kind of sounded like Joe Pesci. A little bit, yeah. Well, that's the thing, okay, 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 okay. Well, I mean, uh, No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. Oh, relatively yeah, with Tiny well, that's a, that's, Lister. Well, here's the thing we haven't mentioned. Um, Suburban Commando made money. Yeah. Oh God, did it? Did it make it did. like? Didn't it make like seven million bucks? Like oh, it profited. Man. It profited seven million dollars. That is so bad. It really and, did. and it is. But if you figure like. Uh, the time period, Hulk Hogan and the Hulkamaniacs. And I mean, there's a reason they still, were like, like, putting him in movies is because he was selling. He was a huge cultural phenomenon. I mean, so we might make you put, fun you of could, you, could, you could probably put him in a movie where it's just like him on the screen and it's him farting into a microphone. And that's the film. And it probably would have made money because if you look at oh, Suburban Commando, God. I really don't think they spent tons of money on no. that film. No. So it's just like kind of cheap Cheesy and had Hulk Hogan in it. And, had Hulk and Hogan. that's the thing we haven't talked about either. Like there's a, I guess, right way to do a B film and they did it the right way. Battlefield Earth, they wanted to take everything seriously and they had this 70 plus million dollar budget and they took themselves seriously, at least with Suburban Commando. Like we said earlier, I think they knew what they were doing. It was a form of an exploitation film. It's just like, yeah, these kids love Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, so you have kids, you have the parents. The kids are going to say to the parents when this trailer comes on the TV, hey, I want to go see that. And the parents are like, okay. So they take the whole family and they make money. I, I, yeah. Battlefield yeah. Earth? No, uh, there's, not, there's nothing like that for battle, no. Battlefield Earth. I will say that in the 90s, wrestling, I mean, as far as revenue, was phenomenal. And Much like, better than it is today. Right. I mean, we might make fun of Saw movies. I, I thought the first one was kind of original. The rest were just... Uh, just com- Printing money. Yeah, it was just shit. But they made money, and that's why they kept making them. And Hulk Hogan was making studios money. And it's hard to um, revert back to that year as far as, like, comedy and uh, jokes, whatever goes. But... Uh, they were doing well. It was a good year for Christopher Lloyd. Supposedly. Just, yeah, I'm sorry. There's, again, you, you look at that, though. I mean, it's, no. But this this is what I hate no. about Suburban Commando. This is what left a bad taste in my mouth. First of all, I said we were going to come back to The Undertaker. We never did. Uh, we can now. The high-pitched voice? Yeah, high-pitched voice. <laughs> is that who that, that was, was, The Undertaker? Yeah. No. You're a dead man, Ramsey. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, Mark Calloway is his name. <laughs> That's and, so funny. And nowadays, any wrestling movie... Well, first of all, WWE now has their own movie studio. They've done a couple of horror films. Yeah, and they're really? all real masochistic, real ultra-violent, very sexist, very Even alpha, um, machismo. The recently popular John Cena has had a couple of movies where... Uh, what do they call it? I can't even remember. The Marine was the one Marine, of them. yes. So I think The Rock has had the most illustrious career, but Which okay. But you know what? He's not a bad actor, though. No, yeah, he's not. He, Dwayne Johnson's not a bad actor. That makes sense. Like if you, you he can't... made a jump from that that arena into the actual film world, and while some of his films aren't great. He's not bad. It makes sense mm-hmm. because he's naturally charismatic, and it seems like he knows how to read lines like Hulk Hogan. No, you can't no. even, I don't even think you can put them no. side by side no, and compare no. it as apples to apples. No, because no. if you, if you watch, even if it's like a cheesy Dwayne, the rock Johnson film, he's usually portraying his character pretty well. Um, so I don't, I don't fault him and say, Oh, he's a wrestler. So he's obviously going to suck. 
I think he was born more to be an actor than a wrestler, even though he has like, this hulking physique. Well, no, the hulking physique is what's his gateway in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you know, let's look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, that was his gateway in. Now, whether you love him or hate him, the guy's obviously done something, right? Yeah. But again, that's the that was the, the his way in. And, and, you know, I'm thinking of other guys like that who maybe aren't sort of so, so, so big... Who's the governor of Minnesota for a while? What was Jesse, Ventura. Jesse Ventura, right? Jesse Ventura, uh, Predator. Mm-hmm. He was in Predator. And Running Man. And Running Man. And and so he had a and bit he of was a... was a wrestler. He was a wrestler. Jesse and again... The body Ventura. That, you know, again, not a bad actor, not a great actor by a long shot, but he filled a certain niche, you know, in those films. I, Hulk Hogan is such a caricature of what a wrestler is... He has, he, he, you could take Jesse the Body Ventura and put him into different roles. Yeah, usually going to be a muscle-bound guy, but he'll change his hair, he'll change his look, he'll change whatever he's acting as. You can't take Hulk Hogan and put him anywhere no. but as Hulk Hogan. I'm and that, sorry. And, and that's a big uh, distinguishing factor, I feel like. You know, The Rock, in the movie uh, Be Cool, he played a very flamboyant homosexual yes. actor trying to break his way in. Right. And, you know, back in the 90s, if you were a wrestler, like, yeah, you want to get into acting, but you still got to fill this role. I mean, you still got to fit this bill. Right. And I think The Rock was one of the first wrestlers that I, that I saw make himself not appealing, you know, a little bit. Not 100%. He wasn't against playing the to his, he, was pl- he was not playing to his crowd. Not 100% right. testosterone. I mean, right. I mean, and that's the thing, too, to give him credit. He's uh, survived probably a, a, what you would call a couple of pretty uh, panned films like uh, Scorpion King. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that I, was his breakout. Well, kind of, well, but at the same time, it was a little bit panned. The no, break, yeah, no, it totally yeah, was. Yeah, it was, totally so, panned, yeah, it was panned, but it was his quote-unquote breakout. But he but survived. That's the thing. Like that's the yeah. Well, even I guess the thing. Like one thing I was going to mention about Battlefield Earth, uh, you have Johnny Goodboy Tyler. But I actually like Barry Pepper usually as an actor, but he shouldn't have been in that role. Oh, I know, like in the Green great. Mile, Green Mile, or he's Boiler awesome. Room, Enemy of the State. Oh God! Uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Ryan. What a great role he played. I mean, he is genuinely so a good actor. He's so scrawny in Battlefield Earth. I know. He's I just, mean, and that's that's the thing that's weird is that um, they were mulling over. Well, should John Travolta be the good guy? But he said, "No, I'm too old." It almost would have worked out if they had had somebody like John Travolta being him, because I mean. Who the hell even wants to read Battle Earth to begin Battlefield Earth to begin right. with the novel? Um, and you could probably put somebody in there who was more of a character actor as Terrell uh, to be a pure villain, and it would have worked a little bit better. Yeah, sure, it still would have been a flop. It still would have sucked, but at least it would have been a little bit more tolerable. Forrest yeah. Whitaker. Well, and it's not, and and I Forrest Whitaker. Okay, now he's gen- also another one of those people who's genuinely not a bad actor. No, in right, any right. Form, they all found it in. In this, what in the hell was his? Oh, yeah, and, and his, and his he eye was so camera. much worse in this one than it has ever oh, been. Yeah, well, well, he's I, got that eye thing working, and I'm thinking to myself, you got to be able to do something with that at this point. Well, yeah. I think I think with him, I mean, like everybody else probably saw the script and probably thought it was absolutely dreadful, but they're like, okay. 
well, I'm being paid for this. Okay, what, whatever. I mean, it's a science fiction film with a big budget, so it can't fail, right? Wrong. Which is so interesting that a science fiction film with a healthy budget and not a plot that's way over cliched, the fact that they can take all of these elements and make a 100% purely unentertaining like, totally not fun movie to watch. Mind-numbing. That's almost impressive. Mind-numbing, Like, mind this bugging. movie is so bad that it's almost impressively bad. Like, I love sci-fi. I really like some of these actors. But it's, like, the, the gruel. The guy gets his head dunked into a bucket of fresh guacamole. <laughs> Yeah, or what whatever the, the hell, hell that, that was. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I just let me uh, let me reference best worst movie again because um, if you've never seen it, the director of Troll Two was Italian, or I should say he is Italian. He's still working. He still yeah. makes films. His name's Claudio Fragasso, and what he said was like <laughs> totally hilarious. Uh, once again, paraphrasing, he said making a really terrible film is almost as good. It's making a really great film because at least you made an impression. <laughs> Battlefield Earth does make an impression. impression. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It makes an impression, all right. <laughs> well, that's a really bad one. Yeah. That's a really telling thing, too. Just and that's something parts. that I wanted to come back to, like, uh, as for an educational spin, is that some of these, like, quote unquote, bad movies. So there's, like, the bad, bad movies, like the ones we're talking about now. And then there's, like, the bad good movies, in my mind, like uh, movies that should have been rejected but still for some reason remain on the forefront of society, like, you know, the the Deep Blue Sea or, or Anaconda or Army of Darkness or, right. you know, whatever. Right. Don't this, you say nothing bad about that Army of Darkness now you hear. There's this movie that came oh, out. Hey, it's, it's streaming He's on up. Netflix. It's streaming on Netflix called Troll Hunter. Oh, God. <laughs> And it's and it's exactly that. It's yeah. it's partly found footage. Right, film. right. Now this found footage is like it, it's nothing new. It it, it kind of had its resurgence with um, Cloverfield. Cloverfield, yeah. I mean, yeah, originally yeah. Blair uh, Witch Project, yeah. which yeah. I I honestly it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. You think so? Terrifies me. Yeah. Really? Why? Yeah. Well, there there's that scene in Blair Witch when their friend Josh disappears. They wake up and they hear him screaming. Um, and it gets totally psychological because he's, you know, you hear him screaming from all directions because they're in the middle of the woods. But there's no ceiling to potential to, like, what you can imagine or what you can visualize okay. as right. as the viewer. Right. And, I mean, just because it's found footage doesn't mean that it's great. Right, right. The right, first right. Paranormal Activity was, was interesting. The second I, one I was, was one great. of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I haven't seen anything after the first Paranormal Activity. It, it was bad. I was smart about that. Like right. these days, horror <clears throat> sequels is just like usually we pretty about damn it, bad. Yeah, they're they're phoning it in. They're trying to print money, yeah. and they really don't care. They're just trying to produce a product as quickly as possible. Right. So it, it just it depends on you know which aspect of the filmmaking process you're talking about here. Sure. I mean the the second one was. Embarrassing. I think they're now on their fifth paranormal activity. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. So like the well, the, the found whatever. footage. I mean, VHS was kind of a found footage. You know, part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's. I. I don't. I. I, I mention it because I. I don't think it's disappearing anytime soon. Well, right? no. You, you made a good point though when you're talking about uh, leaving things to the imagination in a creative way. 
with all the films we're talking about, it's just like they're beating us over the head with what's happening. And they're not leaving anything to the imagination with any three of these films. And that's why, yeah, I, I did enjoy Reefer Madness. Like I said, an, an unintentional comedy right. view. Yeah. Almost like looking at it cynically, which that seems to be the norm now with that film since it was made so long ago. But right. Suburban Commando, I, I watched actually these movies in the order of Reefer Madness, Suburban Commando, Battlefield Earth, which is almost perfect because as you progress, it's just like, wow, nostalgia doesn't play any role in how much I really don't enjoy Suburban Commando. Absolutely, right. And I yeah. don't have any nostalgia yeah. for Battlefield Earth because I had never watched it and avoided it like the plague, and even as a B-movie fan. Reason. And it makes sense because Suburban Commando, yeah, there are a few scenes here and there where I, was, I just kind of had a moderate chuckle like the mime stuff i was like yeah. oh it's a mime and he punched him in the face <laughs> but after Which, that i was just like i, I did actually enjoy as the a ending. running gag yeah. that was kind of funny i and kind of funny. i didn't i enjoyed the scene where the uh erroneous traffic light got taken down by a laser gun <laughs> and after that it's just kind of like well it's uh it's like a mcdonald's cheeseburger it's a product uh, <laughs> it's there and then with Battlefield Earth, I'm just like, mm, that's like a, should not exist. A stale, cheesy gordita. Oh, no, it's food. the... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of food at this point, um, how is it after a thousand years, this advanced race doesn't know what humans like to eat? Yeah. They like rats. <laughs> and also to call somebody yeah. a rat brain. Man animal, have your rat. And he's jamming it in his face. <laughs> Like, that's that's another hell? question too. Like, why did they? Man, animal. I mean, you wouldn't have to educate somebody that highly to have them go and uh, mine gold. It's like, why no. are you giving this guy a cipher to completely overthrow you? That's what you're he doing right now with your him. knowledge machines. And also to you call know, him a like rat brain. I do like I do rats like, aren't that unintelligent. Well, no, that's not yeah. a terrible. No. Well, I do like the phrase knowledge machines, but after that. Like I said, I, maybe that's the third thing that I thought was redeemable, and they're all very small things about Battlefield Earth. The phrase knowledge machines, and then the gruel gun, and then um, I forget what the other thing was. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker's eye. I made a little criteria of like things that I wanted to mention, and I, I wrote this down as I was watching the movie, and then about... 60 minutes in, I was like, I'm I'm out of room. I don't really know where to go with this. I mean, well, uh, for for one, with Suburban Commando, when he lands, his crashes crash, right through the top of the... Yeah. The, the, the name of the club is called pad, the right? landing pad. Yeah. The landing pad, yeah. And, and then uh, he plugs it in. They still have electricity, which is really convenient. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Which is Suspension really of disbelief, bruh. Yeah. And then... So yeah, then it's like okay, I'm I, I'm not gonna spend the time to mention all of these loopholes, all of these discontinuities, but I did want to kind of touch on, and we kind of have already these certain films, not these three, mind you, but certain films that, for all intents and purposes, are like universally bad movies that somehow have heart or have personality or have characters that you love or whatever. You watch a movie and, you know, like um, Battlefield Earth on Rotten Tomatoes 
What percent do you think you what Isn't percent like, do you think it's you got? It's one percent. Three percent. Oh, okay. Three percent. Oh, right. That's bad. That's yeah. That's even, unbelievably bad. Even at breaking it down by something we mentioned earlier, as far as like uh, camera techniques, this film was panned because it uh, used the Dutch angle too much. If you guys look yeah, at that, uh, it, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like somebody slightly tilted. Somebody, yeah, somebody uh, showed this uh, uh, director how to tilt his camera. But yeah. not when to tilt his That's camera. And How many what fucking effect? Sam Raimi movies have you seen? How many scenes in this fucking movie? Okay, this was the other really thing that really annoyed me was that every like every fourth scene is John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker walking down a sci-fi hallway. No with like a tilted camera angle. Well, that's uh, a, that's. I get it. Well, that's the thing. They're trying to betray each other. Very the, clever. Winning, Good job. Winning to the educational slant. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why this film was panned so much because of that specific angle um, it's just to me as a viewer it seems like pure laziness it's just like you can reset that shot why are you opening with the same tilt every time yeah. I am by no means a cinematographer but it, it just doesn't make any sense You can, but if you observe that the and angle, you don't have the, the yeah, background the in history that's that's telling because now I now I know after researching it, yes, it's a what they call a Dutch angle, and right. uh, Christian, the director, said, "Oh, I was trying to make it look like a comic book, but if you look at comic books and panels, it's not tilted." So I don't even They're, know where Roger Christian well, was and coming even if from it in this is, aspect. Not in every fucking not in shot. Every shot. I mean, no. especially yeah. in Suburban Commando, every time they showed Hulk Hogan, they started the feet. They work there. Okay, I get it. It's Hulk Hogan. Yes, he's, you're, he's you're, a massive human being. Okay, yes, his cock what? takes up the my entire TV right now. Just, just I get, it. I get where one. you're going. So, okay, so twenty <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes for Suburban Commando. That's actually favorable for yeah. Like I would have. I think I looked up those figures before because there's like usually the the three. Touch points for movies are like Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and uh, maybe a trailing third is Metacritic. And uh, I was looking up those percentages, and I, from my yeah. perspective, wouldn't even think, without researching that, that all of these films would probably be in the single digits. Yeah. Holy they should crap. Reefer Madness, 40 Six percent, and that's well, just that's just representation. Reefer like... Madness, the musical. There's a yeah, musical. Right. Yeah, sixty percent. Well, I, I... but it makes sense. I mean, honestly, the, the the movie is ridiculous. The movie is like without question bad. I mean, like uh, universally bad. But it's shorter than but, the other two films. For true, one. that and plays it's poignant. into it. It's poignant. It can be relevant. It can be like. Uh, taken from its time, you can almost part on where we are now. I mean, look at depending you know, on what theory you're right. operating under, how you view the film. Like what I touched on earlier about the makers thinking, okay, we all if the, if the makers of the film were people who were uh, smoking marijuana at the time and they were uh, producing the film as satire. If you look at it in that way, it is more entertaining. That's kind of the way I viewed it because when I watched it, it's like this is hilarious and had has no basis in fact. I mean, it's almost pure comedy. Do you want to know one of my greatest fears at this point? Yes, I do. One of my greatest fears at this point is that civilization will end and the only film that will survive 
will be Battlefield Earth. That's a pretty legitimate fear, I would say. And then Aliens on Another Galaxy will take that as a uh, uh, document. God, a historical document of how our civilization ended. Wow. Oh. That civilization really deserved to eat. Yeah, that. that's yeah, exactly that's right. They deserved to die. Oh, my God. How I, I, okay. I, I would have been fine if Johnny Boy would have died at the very end of Battlefield. I would have been fine. I honestly, I wouldn't have even blinked. Do you want I, wouldn't, you I had to, no you emotional to ties really to them horrible, at all. Which you guys might have stumbled upon or what? looked up. Yeah. Um, Battlefield Earth only covers like the first 400 pages. That, I know. So yeah. there were possibilities of a sequel or sequels, which I don't think are going to happen, but the they terrifying thing is... open because Terrell's in prison and his henchman is helping the humans but and yeah. I did what like the, the very end scene. That 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 was okay. I, I liked the irony. End scene oh, made no funny. sense to me by gold and that's all he wanted. I get it. It's I get it. it but, no, oh. fuck that movie though. Yeah, but but still God. though, I mean, that's a terrifying thing. You think to yourself like what if some uh Scientologist harebrained billionaire or millionaire said, I need to make another Battlefield Earth or a sequel to Battlefield Earth. It could happen because of the uh, amount that was covered from the novel. Oh, by the way, we haven't mentioned that. Uh, here's an aside. Uh, okay, so L. Ron Hubbard wrote Battlefield Earth, and I think it came out in, what, the 80s? 1980. 1980. 1980. Uh, he wrote a soundtrack for that called Space Jazz. Oh my How did they make a movie out of this? He wrote a soundtrack for it called Space Jazz. Why? I gotta, I gotta Space Jam? Right now. I'm dying Space Jam? Space Jam? Awesome. Space Jazz? Not so much. I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I love John Coltrane. I love Miles Davis. Oh. Space Jazz? Dave Brubeck. Oh, no. yeah. Come no on. Space Jazz. No. Part of me wants to be proud of his passion and his audacity, but then another part of me has already watched Battlefield Earth, and I don't know really <laughs> no other part. Part of me oh. wants to kill the other part. Oh, um, God. Hit <laughs> two warring sides of your brain. The other one's like, you're Wall stupid. Dancers. Die oh, now. Oh. But I would... Uh, we're, we're, we'll, do, we'll just have to come back to bad movies. I think. Oh, God. A, well, there are others. I think once a quarter we're going to have to revisit we're gonna this have tale. To. Oh, God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, should we wrap I'm, up here? I died inside just a little. Stu? We could. I'm dying inside. The, this I, do, I'm do losing I the will to live. At this point, after watching Battlefield Earth, I, I'll tell you what. Anything I, sounds good. I felt I felt pretty good about Reefer Madness. Suburban Commando, I survived with minor scarring. <laughs> Battlefield Earth, when you watch something and literally your child, even your dog gets up and leaves the room, and she doesn't even know. Freckles has no freaking clue. She even got up and left the room after a while. I'm stuck there watching this piece of crap by my... And I picked it. I picked this one. You had been abandoned by everyone you love. Outlander! Everyone that I loved had left me to watch this piece of crap by myself. And all I could do was say, Oh, God, it can't be over soon enough. I know. It just couldn't be. I, I almost shut it. I almost shut this. I almost turned it off five times. I almost like, you know what? I've seen it fold away through once. I can't do it anymore. I just can't. I'm hurt. hemorrhaging internally. I am actually going to start bleeding from the eyes. I just can't do this anymore. But no, I toughed it out. 
I finished it for what it was worth. And we're proud of you. Uh, I'm sorry. Badge of honor. Ben? Mm. Oh. That vibration wasn't me, by the way. Oh, yeah. What's that between your legs? Oh. Well, anyway. Yeah, that got weird. Yeah, I guess it's it's almost weird how going back in chronological order... The films become more tolerable. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, I mean, I mean, Truly. literally, I mean, Battlefield Earth is a steaming pile of crap, yes. and there's not a whole lot redeemable. Yeah, I, I chuckled at it a couple of times just because it's so over the top and nonsensical, and I like absurd things generally. But I like absurd things that uh, are enjoyable all the way through, like the previously mentioned Troll Two. It's fun. It's concise. You can watch it once or watch it ten times. And, yeah, it's absurd in a good way. Suburban Commando, it's all right. But at the same time, there are still those cringeworthy moments where you're like, oh, wow, they're just trying to market this whole thing to children. And everybody's phoning it in, like with Battlefield Earth. But at the very least... Uh, as a Star Wars fan, I almost appreciated the ripoff, and I, was, I just I laughed at it. So there's an entertainment value, no matter mm-hmm. how bad it is. And Reefer mm-hmm. Madness is just like a riot, and it's very brief. And uh, as far as bad movies go, obviously Battlefield Earth. There's a reason oh, that yeah. it's on most top 100 lists and that it is usually within the top 10. If not number one. If not number one, just because there's very little redeemable about it. Uh, No matter what your criteria is for film, no matter how many movies you've seen, if you showed this film to somebody who'd only seen like three movies in their whole lifetime, they'd say, yes, this is terrible. Suburban Commando, most people can brush off. Reefer Madness, depending on the person, they'd probably find it hilarious or something they couldn't forget because it's so brief. But yeah, Battlefield Earth is abomination and it should be destroyed with fire and brimstone. You're going to have to talk to God about that one. Battlefield Earth sticks with you. I guess that's my transition. Um... It does. No, Reefer Madness was was interesting. I, 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 as bad as they were, I gained something out of every each of these movies. Battlefield Earth is hands down by far by a landslide the worst film I've ever seen. The hardest movie that I've ever had to like struggle to finish. And there is definitely something to be said for uh, entertaining bad movies and I think probably at least every quarter of the year we'll do like a bad movies episode because it's very near and dear to my heart but Reefer Madness was important at the time I think everybody at least knows of its of its existence I think you gain something from watching it it's it's streaming on Netflix now it's it's public um, domain it's, mm-hmm. yeah exactly it is public domain yeah which is interesting in and of itself um, Battlefield Earth, just to say that you watched Battlefield Earth. If somebody ever says, hey, have you ever seen the movie Battlefield Earth? Just to be able to say, yes, let's talk about it. It's it's worth it just for that, just for that moment. Suburban Commando, the scenes with him in the mime pissed me off. <laughs> Even if this mime was stuck in an F7 force field, 
if this force field is so weak that you just punch it and it breaks <laughs> and that's all it takes is I don't know if it's like made of invisible crackers or what that you can just like punch your fist through it and it like and then and then to say I'm glad it could help dude what what is the strength of a F7 force field anyway the 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 whole movie is is filled with this kind of shit if if, if that's the sort of stuff that trips you up, don't watch the movie. If you kind of indulge in that sort of thing, which I used to more than I do now, um, certainly worth the watch. But How did we not talk about um, the music in Suburban Commando, though? Like the oh the reggae like the rap slash close reggae. to paradise I and think the, well was no the and then there's song. like the rap song where uh, there's Hulk Hogan's voice like interspersed throughout oh, the song. God. That was just that was one of the cringeworthy parts. Just like oh that's so bad. I just love when he throws the skateboard and then later on in the movie <laughs> you see the skateboard later on in life and it's it obviously made terminal velocity and was able to get out of the old yeah. Earth's atmosphere. I don't know what that Science. I don't know what that board was made of. It, it made it through the atmosphere. But yeah, I mean you, you you watch movies like this like Suburban Commando and you know the elevator shaft that they showed on the spaceship was the exact same elevator shaft as in the building in the movie. If if you get caught up on that sort of thing, don't watch this movie. It's going to be a waste of your time. But I I pride myself that that I can sit through anything. I think Ben can. I think Stu can. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, it depends. I, I watched Battlefield. Well, I thought all the way that I could. I know, not even in parts. But I'm glad I watched it because now I can say that I that I watched it. Badge of True. Honor. You've I watched guess. it. All right. Well, all right. well, I think next time is going to be our Christmas movie episode. Hey, bells ring. Are you listening? Oh, have a blue Christmas without you. Don't look at me like that. All right. I well, do that when I want to do it. Thanks for tolerating us. Oh, God. Putting up with us. And if you haven't watched Battlefield Earth, don't. don't. Yeah, don't. don't. Suburban Commando or Reefer Madness? Maybe. Maybe. No. Reefer Madness is yes. on Netflix. I would say Reefer Madness, yes. Suburban Commando, maybe, depending on your taste. Yeah. Battle depending on whether or not you uh, smoke pot still, I guess, would be a, would be a big factor. Yeah, you could probably be stoned and enjoy Suburban Commando in some level. No. Maybe. I'd say Depends that was on a the maybe. quality. Yeah, uh, so MovieShowTheater.com, we started doing some new things, check it out. We started doing some Netflix reviews with trailers um, to try to narrow down some of the incredible variety that you get. Ben's done some good stuff. Things that we learned from bad movies. Yes, yes. If you got a comment, I learned things comment. from Battlefield Earth. Hey guys, guess what? If a jet sits dormant for 1,000 years, it's still going to be good after 1,000 years. And you can learn how to fly it in no time. In less just than by, a week. And just by sitting in a simulator. Just by watching the movie Tron. Oh, that was swell. Tron. Oh, no. All right. Well, Tron, the podcast. Stuart, you got anything else? Nothing. Benjamin? Uh, is there a way that we could just delete all copies of Battlefield Earth? No. There might be. It exists. Um, we could change that. And that is a 
big fear of mine that it will exist forever. So here's a theory. I want to say that Battlefield Earth, even though it came out, well, the the movie came out later than the movie I'm going to reference. I want to say Battlefield Earth caused the, the events on the event horizon. It was that bad. Coming next. That bad. Coming I next episode. Died again. It was that bad that it caused the events on the event horizon. All right. I'm going to have to think about that on the way home. I want to say... And I'm already home. I want to say that... Pinhead somewhere calculating how he's going to enslave and tear apart some humans and their souls just based on Battlefield Earth alone. And cut.